heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today for this Thursday morning, the 9th of February. A very good morning to everybody through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charter Towers, Hot Country Network, good morning to you. So much to get through on this busy Thursday morning. We're going to talk with Anthony Highland. Dolby, big yarding, close on 5,000 head yesterday. We'll get an update on that market as we monitor and track this cow market. Not as dear as what that Roma market was on Tuesday, but certainly seeing some positive signs. Dale Last, the opposition police spokesman, will join us. I hate banging on about it, but this youth crime is getting out of control. We're also going to talk with Greg Campbell, the mayor of the Cloncurry Shire Council, and Westpac deciding to walk away and when the town of Cloncurry has had such an amazing growth. We'll look at lots more going on. This cow herd issue is a big one. I'm going to get to that and address it as well today. So much to get through on this busy, busy Thursday morning. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. We'll take a break, come back, and we will talk with Dale Last. He joins us next. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. Dale Last is the Opposition Police Spokesman, and we have seen just the horrific youth crime going on across this state whether or not it's in Rome, whether or not it's in Mount Isa, and more recently in Toowoomba, youth crime is out of control. Rural and regional business owners have lost tens of thousands worth of stock and infrastructure as crime is now getting to breaking point in the regions. Dale, good morning, mate. We've been talking about this for some time. I, I, good morning, I can't, I can't believe we, 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 we like, it's been years and Finally, the government are trying to to acknowledge it, but they're not doing anything about it. What we need to remember is behind every single one of these crimes is a victim. And for some of these victims, they've gone beyond breaking point. We're now seeing business owners throwing their hands in the air. They just cannot keep going. They're sick and tired of coming into work and seeing their shops smashed up. And, and uh, I'm up in Cairns at the moment and we've got kids as young as nine years old, roaming the streets up here with knives, threatening people um, in the CBD in Cairns. It is just escalating uh, out of control. And, and unfortunately, this is now getting to that stage where, and we've already seen it, where people have lost lives, that we're going to unfortunately see more of these attacks um, going forward unless this government nips it in the bud. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're seeing things, Roma businessman uh, Pam Grieve, who owns Southside Seven Day Store has been robbed four times since July. Now, oh, look, I mean, seriously, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough, and uh, and we've always maintained that there needs to be consequences for actions, and these kids need to be held to account, and uh, they certainly uh, need to be brought before a court of law and dealt with. And and when they're holding up and damaging be- um, businesses that. And uh, ransacking businesses and vandalising property around the place like they are at the moment, thumbing their noses at the law, you know that we've got a real problem on our hands. Yeah, I, I don't know how we get it fixed. I, I think that this is just getting to the point where people will take matters into their own hands and when that happens, that's going to cause bedlam. Look, very, very dangerous. We've already seen a few instances of uh, people taking matters into their own hands, and unfortunately, they have ended up in court, and uh, that's the last thing that we want. And look, it's a sign of frustration. It's a sign of anger in the community that people are just fed up, fed up with these 
young criminals breaking into their homes, stealing their motor vehicles, smashing up their shops. And uh, and at this stage, the government's talking a big game and this first sitting to Parliament in a week's time will be a litmus test as to uh, whether they're prepared to make the tough calls and uh, bring into place the legislation that we need to, uh, to address this issue. What, what do you think needs to be done, honestly? Well, well look, it's multifaceted. There's no doubt about... You know, we need we need the legislation. Absolutely, we need the tools um, to deal with these kids. And, and certainly, we've been very vocal about breach of bail, for instance. And you know, if you're out on bail, as we've always said, it's a privilege, it's not a right. And uh, the fact that these kids are committing offences at will whilst they're on bail tells us that the system is completely broken in that space. There needs to be early intervention. We need to get these kids to school. There needs to be more supervision and uh, processes in place when they're released from detention centres. Um, you know, I heard a met with a group last night and um, these kids are being released straight back into their home environment with no supervision or support processes in place and people wonder why they go off the rails. It certainly cuts across a number of government departments who continue to work in silos. They're not working together. And, uh, and that needs to be addressed, and the government could very easily address that. That needs to be driven from the top by the Premier. David Christopher has been very united with your party about this and making sure that you guys are all on the same hymn sheet. But it can't keep on going. You cannot be scared to live in your own home. That is the issue that I'm struggling with at the moment. People are scared to walk the streets. People are scared to ho- have businesses. They don't want to be left alone. They're, you know, like it cannot continue to go on like this. And we don't have anywhere near the crime in the metropolitan areas. This is happening in regionals. Like, and I'm telling you, it, regional towns and re- regional centres, Toowoomba, Townsville, it doesn't happen at, it doesn't happen at that, the rate that it's happening like in Brisbane and, and the Gold Coast. They don't have near the rate. Yes, they have crime, sure, but not like this. Oh, look, it is, it is the length and breadth of Queensland now, and it is. It doesn't matter what town you go to, uh, they've got a juvenile crime problem. And these, these kids are roaming far and wide, and, of course, they've worked out pretty quick that in a lot of these rural country areas, um, it's easy pickings because people are not so security conscious. So uh, so they're heading out into these rural areas and uh, and stealing motor vehicles and, and other property as well. But, uh, look, this is... This is an issue that's not going to go away on its own. This is a time where we need some big decisions to be made and, and they're going to be challenging, but uh, they, the government needs to step up to the plate here because if they're listening to Queenslanders, they would know that this problem extends from Coolangatta to Torres Strait and all points in between. It is just out of control. Dale, the, the health system's out of control as well. I, I've been banging on this. You know, I mean, roads are out of control. The roads, everybody I'm talking to, the roads in your neck of the woods are just at this moment. Oh. Yeah, just horrific. Horrific. Potholes, the damage from weather, yet it doesn't seem to have any 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 light and the health system at the moment is a schmozzle. We're starting to get um, a picture here that this issue is spreading across all these departments right across the state. It doesn't matter, like you've just said, health, Law and order, roads, um, housing, it just, it is starting to unravel at a rate of knots. And, and I made the comment yesterday that throwing buckets of money at these issues 
without any results coming out the other end is not going to work. And that seems to be the government's uh, solution at the moment is to throw more money at it and hope that the problem will be fixed. Well, it needs a bit more than that. We need, we're looking for leadership. We're looking for a plan. We're looking for some KPIs or some outcomes because that's what people are now saying. We want to see the results. We want to see what we're getting for our money. Yeah, no dramas. No dramas at all. Um, look, I, I, I can't speak highly enough about what David Christopher and your, your opposition party is doing at the moment. You are holding this government to account. I really need to, and I mean this, I, I implore people listening today, please go and speak to your local member. We've got another year and a bit till we get to vote on it with our hands, but it is beyond laughable what is going on at this moment. And I'm oh, genuine about that. It is it is an absolute schmozzle. And, uh, yeah, we'll continue taking up the fight and we'll continue to listen and and, uh, and act on behalf of Queenslanders and that's that's what we're all doing every single day and when Parliament fires up again in a fortnight's time, we'll be down there fighting that battle again. You can rest assured. Good on you. Dale Last, appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, Dobber. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Uh, look, this is just another... Disgusting situation. Um, the Cloncurry Shire Council have now written an open letter to Westpac and the Cloncurry community. This is after um, the Westpac banking organisation has made a decision, recent decision to close their Cloncurry Westpac branch. Westpac employees, employees who have recently re- relocated to Cloncurry are now leaving um, and obviously wanting answers and jobs. The announcement was reported in the bottom line, uh, a bottom line profit of $5.7 billion in November 2022. This is the thing I don't understand how we get to this situation, all this money, $5.7 billion profit, yet they're closing down the regions. Mayor Greg Campbell from Cloncurry Shire Council joins us this morning. Greg, I mean, seriously, how bad is this? I I mean this genuinely. This is just, for your town, um, you just don't need this kind of thing. No, you're definitely right. And our town matters. Our region matters. And the banking executives that have made this decision just don't get it. And part of that is because the, the senior people have removed themselves already from the regions. And before I get sidetracked, because it does make me very cranky talking about the subject, uh, we just need to make sure that everyone's aware that those local staff that you talk about, they're not the issue. So when somebody goes into the branch, they need our support as well. They're not the problem. Yeah, I agree. Everyone can just be mindful of that. that, 100%. uh, Even if they're cranky with the bank, it's not our local staff. They're, They're impacted just as much, if not more, because they're looking for new jobs. Here's the issue that I have. I understand in a dying community or a region that's struggling how they can look at it. But the population growth since 2016 has been estimated at 18.5% for the town of Cloncurry. 18.5%. It's had a 5% growth since 2020. The economy is booming. You are having more people relocate there. We know, we know exactly what has gone on there. We've spoken to you. The, the money that's coming in there. The, the TV Survivor that was filmed out there, the film schools, the rocket the rocket stations, all these things that are happening in Cloncurry. Off the back of that, you have an agricultural industry that has supported this proud town and a mining industry that has been 
the backbone of this town since its inception. And I don't understand why Westpac, who for a very long, long time have been grooming, have been grooming customers for many years to do their jobs, right, and they've been moving away from face-to-face banking to online and all this kind of stuff, yet they go and put people in the community and say, we're here, and then they send an email. They don't even have the courtesy to – they send an email on the 3rd of December – I, I just don't get un, – I feel for the th- 3,705 people um, who live in the town and the wider community because this is absolute garbage. Absolutely. And it's not just our shire as well. You know, our neighbouring shire like McKinley hasn't got a bank at all. So Cloncurry is their banking hub. And you know, you're exactly right with the grooming of customers. Now, it's the banking industry that has been – teaching us to do online banking and pushing us to do online banking so we can now do the teller's basic job. The answer isn't to close the branch. The answer is to get those tellers to do the next level of customer service, do more for their customers because, as you highlighted, uh, this isn't a business that's going down the tubes. You know, it's making record profits. And if it was a business where this area was declining and it was the profit dropping off, then you could understand that the business decision, when the business is growing, when the profit from the area is growing, just because it may not translate into people going through the door, uh, that's not a decision that makes any business sense. And I think that's the key point. Why not actually step up and do more? The staff would love to do more for their customers. Actually start going through uh, customer accounts and offering better solutions. Uh, have financial planners on the ground rather than having to wait months if anyone ever does come to service that need. Yeah, the other one that I think people will forget, and it is only a minor one, but the Westpac staff that have been here over many years, you know, they've been presidents of Rotary, they've been in Rotary clubs, they've been in PNCs, uh, they've been in the sporting clubs. You know, their staff matter in our town. And we've seen a whole range of industries step up with this ESG, so um, the social responsibility. Yeah. We're seeing Westpac turn their back, not just on our community, but on their social responsibility to rural Queensland. And it really does uh, upset our town. And, you know, it's not good for confidence. Uh, Westpac will say that, you know, they don't see it that way. But how can we reinforce that this is an area without peer. You know, we've had you know, uh, billions of dollars worth of mining projects happening. We've got billions upon billions of dollars of resources still in the ground that are being explored, ready to be mined. They touch on agriculture. This is the heart of some of the best and strongest uh, grazing companies and family companies in the country. Uh, irrigated agriculture is on the cusp of yeah. booming as well in the area. And uh, a financial company who should be seeing that as their key performance indicators take no notice what, and turn their back. What, what's their solution, banking through a post office or driving driving to Mount Isa? Is that is that what they are deeming as the solution or doing online banking? Yeah, well, they're saying because the customers have moved to online banking, uh, that's why. 
And yeah, if you want to do face-to-face banking or a deposit or a cash withdrawal, uh, go to the post office or Mount Isa. And the post office you know, will do their job that they do now great. You know, they do a great job. But it's a, a sloppy, lazy attitude from a multi-billion dollar company to hand their responsibility to our local post office. Yeah. That's not good enough. No, it's not. It certainly isn't. And it, it is one very, very scary situation moving forward. Really appreciate your time this morning, Greg. Have you had any conversations with Westpac? I think it's very brave of you, by the way, to, to come out and publicly write this letter. This will be going to the community and obviously hopefully it's shedding some light uh, for everybody to see what, what is going on. And look, I understand Westpac have got their reasons. I really do. But this is one town that they shouldn't be walking away from. Yeah, and, you know, I think for Westpac, you know, this is a, the first for Cloncurry. We haven't had a major business walk away and turn their back on us like this. But I think they're up to 1,700 branches across the banking industry that have been closed. You know, it's just business as usual for them to put a red line through a name on a piece of paper. But they're going to get a bit more of a response from Cloncurry than they have had from other towns. Yeah, dead right. Mayor of the Cloncurry uh, Regional Council, um, who's just been rock solid on this, and rightly so. The Cloncurry Shire Council um, have come out with a public letter. Greg Campbell, appreciate your time this morning and thank you so much for being with us. Cheers, Dobbo, and appreciate the continued support. Good on you, mate. We'll take a break, come back with more. Not good enough. This is Rural Queensland today. Let's head to Dolby for yesterday, 4,800 head, a better yarding of cattle and a bigger yarding at their weekly prime and store sale. Anthony Highland joins us for his weekly spot on rural Queensland today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Anthony, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Morning to you, Ben. Yeah, bigger yarding and some better cattle on offer. A bit more weight on offer this week as well. Uh, A few more feeders starting to uh, turn up and they were good feeder. Very good 100-day feeder type cattle and <clears throat> the job was probably, you know, a good 10 or 15 stronger on on those categories there, penned and, um, you know, not a lot of store cattle, but the heavy cattle were good. Cow job on Tuesday was stronger. How was it there yesterday? That's been the real benchmark for everybody. Yeah, I fronted up in Roma and saw that market and, and it was solid and, and I'd say Dalby was um, pretty close to Roma, maybe not quite the full strength of where some of the rates were in Roma on the cows, but but look very strong. All processes very active, and and you know a few kill cattle heading north, uh, a few um, export traders and what have you out of the north were there filling up a few pens of cattle to, to head back up that way as well. So competition was good. All processes very active, and and look the yeah good cows three dollars plus. Um, your cows not quite there eighty five and ninety. So very strong to last week and. A little bit more improvement, but probably didn't quite catch Roma. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, I mean, that cow job has been the benchmark, but you're talking bullocks. Where are we talking? Where, where are we talking for a bullock uh, at the moment or, or, or a uh, trade and prime heifer? Yeah, um, well, the, the big improvement was the heifer price this week. We spoke about heifers last week and said they looked quite cheap on paper. Well, this week they were better, but into those bullocks, Three fifty-five to three dollars seventy. Ben, very strong, especially if you've got some some good weights in them. They they are returning good dollars. Um, a few of those guys up, like Mr. Feeder, run into last year and have turned them into uh, you know bullocks. They've they've probably picked up a hundred 
100 $150 from where they might have been. So that's improved and, and going well. But, uh, yeah, the heifer job, um, yeah, a whole lot stronger this week. Um, a few butchers in play and, um, you know, $4, you know, for, close to $4 for the heavier end of the heifers, which is probably a good 20 up and, and um, you know, the feeder heifers, uh, again, you know, similar sort of sense of kilo, but just just wanted to show a lot more strength than where we were at the previous week. I think it'll only improve a bit more with um, this uh, live export job on the north, the heifers that are suitable to go that way to fill up and keep going. That's where they'll keep going, I think, so it's good. Yeah, it's pretty special, um, this market. Where, where, where is the thought process behind it with everybody? Are we all on the same page that this job is obviously going to have some highs and lows, but it, we, we won't see – I don't believe we see it come back much more from where it is. No, I think the first few weeks have shown us and, and where we're at now, we're the bottom of the job. Basically, <laughs> if that's the bottom, well, we know where it, where it is. But I think there's sort it all along, you know, we get a season, we shape up, the cattle are good, I, I think it'll come with us. And, and um, timing's coming into this market and, you know, a few cattle have uh, held back from the early early run on the, on the rates that were offered. And I think, um, you know, a bit more rain and, and just let the cattle come forward as they are, I, I think the market will be right. I think the, the northern process has worked out that it is very wet in the north and the northwest. And, and look, the channel country's got the rain now. I just think it'll come into a bit more uh, locally supplied cattle as to when they come forward. And, and um, you know, I think that the feeder price is getting better. Uh, that, that, you know, it's got to show some confidence whilst the restockers are, are showing plenty of confidence. So I think, um, you know, timing, a bit more time and, um, you know, I think we've seen the bottom and we can only improve. Store job, let's look at it. How was it rolling? Yeah, well, we got steers back over $6 this week, Ben, for your, your 200 plus. Well, there was basically no steers under 200 kilos in the market this week at Dolby. Um, so if you wanted to buy them, you were, you were buying a bit more weight. You know, 250, 280 kilos. Um, average was uh, a tick over $5. Last week, we were about $4.84 or 5 So that's an improvement. And we've seen, we have seen the, the good steers back over $6 in Dolby this week. Yeah, well, that's a really – that's a, a great thing, um, you know, that, that shows that there is a lot going on um, at the moment and people are with a bit of grass. It is dry, though, in certain areas. So rain would be yeah. something that people need. Absolutely. And, and, you know, as I say, three weeks ago there was no rain. Well, last week there was some good fall of the rain, although it's been very patchy still. But, you know, some good catchments areas have, have received 50 to 100 mils and it's covered quite a bit of country. So um, if those, those areas that hasn't had it, probably like the, the, the Darling Downs, some of the Maranoa um, has missed it and, and further east, well, um, well, still early, Ben, February, we're in February now. Well, our, our summer rain hadn't been turned up until March on, on previous seasons. So it's, there's still there's still plenty of time in it. And, um, you know, it'll I, I, yeah, if it can come down, I think, I think we'll be right. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, interesting times ahead. Appreciate your time. Uh, back locally, mate, House St. George and, and obviously the Boulogne. Yeah, so we had good rain uh, last week and, um, you know, falls from 50 to 100 mils. Well, I think the feed between St. George and Bolland grew, grew a foot. You know, a foot of feed would have grown over a couple of days in that country and it, it absolutely looks a treat. So if it can keep moving forward in that breeder country, well, I think it'll be all right. 
the um, all the irrigators are fully fired up, and and well, I got a bit of reprieve the other week on that rain, so that um, you know the irrigators with the cotton, I think they're all pretty happy and moving forward, and and harvest will roll around probably quicker than what they've expected on this bit of heat we've had as well. So everything's busy, everything's uh, it's looking alright. I think um, to say we we uh, next week a bit more rain predicted, and as long as they keep predicting it, that's uh, that's a good thing. When they when they stop, well you've probably got to start asking a few more questions. So I think we're sitting okay. Yeah, you're dead right. Appreciate your time. We'll catch up again next week. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Thanks, Ben. You have a good week. Good on you, Anthony Highland. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. A very, very interesting article written in Beef Central uh, by John Condon, and it's been something that we've been talking about the last couple of days. The MLA herd estimate may be 3 million heavy, says an analyst. Now, this statement that was made by MLA about the cow herd numbers has caused an enormous amount of conjecture and angst about their reporting service and just exactly this rebuild. Speaking to Cyril Close a couple of weeks ago, we were in absolute shock when they released these kind of numbers. And talking to graziers over the last couple of days, all of them are in agreement that the figure is distorted. Well, John Condon wrote an unbelievable article and has obviously had a conversation with a meat and livestock industry analysis, Simon Quilty, who thinks the Meat and Livestock Australia's recent 2023 beef herd estimate may be as close to 3 million head too high. 3 million. Now, Mr Quilty from Global Agritrends is one of a number of industry stakeholders who have raised these questions about the herd estimates over the last week. And I can't even begin to talk about how frustrated I am that MLA came out with this number and what is the basis of it. It's an overinflated figure and it is a misleading figure and the numbers don't make sense. I don't understand how they got to it. As the report pointed out, MLA's 2023 industry projections have the national beef herd hitting 28.8 million head this year, the largest herd since 2014, before they believe peaking at 29.6 in 2025, which would make it the largest in 46 years. Now, Mr Quilty, in this article, said he believed that the numbers were grossly overstated. Myself personally, and talking to every single person, I don't believe that the cows have three calves a year. It's one a year if they're lucky. And I can't understand how they got to this number. And as Mr Quilty said, it implies that the wall of cattle and meat is inevitable from Australia over the next three years. This would signal buyers worldwide stop buying forward and wait for the meat offerings to come to them from Australia. And this could be not further from the truth, as the evidence points to a long-term trend of falling cattle inventory, not an expansion. Now, this is a huge, huge issue and could have detrimental and dire consequences to our beef industry. This is a dangerous precedent that MLA have set, and it's an irresponsible set of reporting data that they have released because the numbers don't stack up. There is a lot of speculation that the livestock numbers won't even get to anywhere near the, the, the herd rebuild by 2025. Now, 
every five years when there's a national census is done, a large pool of 125,000 farmers are surveyed. And this is the most accurate reading. Then in between the years, with a smaller pool of farmers, therefore provide not a stronger number as a census survey. But it's a guide. Now, the ABS figures for June 2021 and 22 were released two weeks ago and saw a 1% increase in Australia's beef herd and a 10% decline in Australia's dairy herd from last year. Australia's net herd saw a 0.13% decline. Now, I'm unsure how MLA have put the numbers as a 6% increase when the actual number should be starting point of a decrease. I can't believe it. This is where our money goes. Now, Queensland, Australia's beef engine room is spluttering and John Condon reported all this. It's the largest beef production state and has struggled to expand its herd with only 2% increase right over the last previous year. So the slow rebuild, right, is very well documented. So how can MLA's numbers be correct? They are fundamentally flawed. They are dangerous and the slaughter figures don't add up either. Yet they come out and say this. We're going to get to the bottom of it because I'm sick to death of these kind of things. The amount of people that have spoken to me and you don't think this impacts what's been going on in the sale yards at the moment and some of the panic? Jason Strong is the managing director and how he has allowed this to happen in this precinct and how this irresponsible reporting has been able to come into the market and the industry is scary. It's dangerous. And it should never, ever have happened. Never. Yet continually we see these kind of things put out there and now – the scenario is absolutely catastrophic if it doesn't get rectified. Beef Central and John Condon have done an amazing job in breaking this down and they've answered all the questions. And the independent meat and livestock industry analysis, Simon Quilty, is 100% correct. The estimate is 3 million head too high. That's a starting point, three million. And you're not going to rebuild that in a heartbeat. I don't understand how MLA get to this point. I really don't. I'm sick to death of the constant barrage and the constant trouble that we're having with the people who we pay our levies to. Somebody put the spotlight on MLA and what they're actually doing. Because I can tell you what at the moment, they're not reporting correctly. This is a flawed, flawed figure and one that they should be very concerned about. We'll take a break and come back with more. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today on this Thursday morning, the 9th of February. Have a great day, Queensland. We're back tomorrow morning and Ray Hadley is to join you next. Remember, when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. Uh, Spotify. Ben Dobbin, Rural Queensland Today is where our shows are and you can get in contact with me anytime you like uh, through that. 
or you can go on to ben.dobbin at ruralqldtoday.com.au and send me an email. Facebook page as well. We check our messages and we appreciate everything everybody offers. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Stay safe on the roads. Till next time, it's bye for now.